June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi everyone, welcome to Season 9, Episode 8 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with narrator Gina Rogers. Thank you, Gina, for being here. How are you? I'm so excited to be back. <laughs> yes, it's been so good to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So it really is just going to be a job on this podcast. Yeah, we're just going to be catching up and chilling, getting a little bit more to depth on some things, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, we will start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started. You know, I think I started narrating in 2014. I always, I grew up as a theater kid, like everybody else. I was so shy, and then I stepped on stage, and it was like, ta-da! But now I don't have to be shy anymore, because somebody wrote me a line And I can say that and not have to think about what I should or shouldn't say, if that makes sense. Um, Which is why I hate improv. (laughs) But I have also worked in various improv jobs. I recently was working as a simulation specialist where I used improv to help people with their soft and empathy skills. So that was really cool. But I'm I'm off topic. So let's see. I started started doing my acting as a youngster. And then my parents always told me that I needed a real job. They did not support any of the arts. I couldn't go to art school. I couldn't go to dance school. I couldn't be a singer. I had to get a real job. So I got a communications degree. And my first job out of college was working in environmental risk management sales. So I was the phone person who would call and speak to, and I was the phone salesperson who would call and speak to engineers about their these maps that they would purchase <laughs> it was the most boring job ever the maps were purchased for what's called a, a phase two that one would do on a commercial property they were purchasing <laughs> my god no one's gonna listen to that <laughs> anyway here's the important part my boss at that job my sales were not great i didn't like the job hi so-and-so at so-and-so engineering firm can i talk to you a little bit about our radius maps like oh my god this is so boring so my manager had a meeting with me and he's like jeans add some sexy and I was like what do you mean and he's like everybody likes sexy and I'm like maps are not sexy and he goes but you can make them sexy so from that day forward I would call and I would put on my sexy phone voice and it was something like this hi this is Gina calling from EDR I just wondered if you had just a few minutes to discuss radius maps because we have a few updates I'd love to talk to you about only if you have the time though and my sales skyrocketed (laughs) everybody wanted to talk to Gina from EDR my territory was upstate New York which is also known as the rust belt and it was (laughs) everyone's like how are you doing this why are your sales so good and I'm like because John told me to bring the sexy so that's where my voice career began and then long 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 story short I ended up in Los Angeles pursuing on-camera acting was overheard making fun of my mom's Yonkers accent at a party and the writer asked me to narrate her audiobook the rest is history (laughs) 
you know, we always talk about, and we see it on social media, the whole customer service voice, how we normally talk like this. And then when we have to present something where, and hello, thank you for calling. <laughs> you know, I've been told uh, they give uh, good phone. <laughs> my, yes, that's what I always heard. But I will say this, my voice, when I make videos for Instagram and TikTok is so fucking annoying. I do this weird, like, when I'm talking to my husband or I'm talking to my dogs, I do this really weird, annoying voice. And I, it's funny. I have to be on a microphone or on a phone to do my mature voice. It's so weird. It's like, Gina, you're an actor. It happened. But it's why I don't post more reels because I can't stand my voice. Mm. I think we all suffer from that. Honestly. I mean, I know that I'm going anytime I have to like edit my stuff. And I also don't do any like posts like that on line on socials or reels and stuff like that with even me in front of it. I'm not the front of the girl in front of the camera kind of a girl, but I've, I'm learning that I just have to suck it up buttercup. And if people didn't like how I sounded or didn't like this and that, they would just turn me off. So those are not my, that's not my targeted audience. And you just kind of have to do that's you. Cool. That is why you do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I try, trust me. There's moments where I'm going, God, I sound so fucking awful. Why? And, and then there are other times I'm going, oh, you sounded pretty good on that one. Cool. I don't envy you guys. I had to record an ad that I included in a, a other episode and the amount of fuck ups <laughs> and the amount of, you know, moments where I'm going just like, da, 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 ah, fuck. And then the, for the next, you know, the next clip to start, uh, it was, yeah, I don't envy you guys. I'm like, yep, that's why you guys get paid. And that's why I always recommend you. And that's when you start hearing your mouth noise and you're like, what, yeah. what is, what is that sound Did that come from my nose, my teeth, my tongue? What was that? No, but it's funny going from acting on camera. So I have this big curly red hair. And acting on camera, I would go in a room. Also, my headshots, always, I'd send out the headshot. They'd call me in for an audition. And the first thing they would say is, you look so much younger in person, <laughs> which is like the opposite of those headshots. Mm -hmm. So that was a problem. I never looked like my headshots. I always looked older. The headshots I use right now are from like 15 years ago. And they look just like me. <laughs> but that was off the hair. They said, redheads are either gorgeous or ugly and you're not in either of those categories you're like somewhere in the middle and we don't know what to do but can you darken it can you straighten it there was always like a you don't look the part or the parts that I looked right for and I talked about this on our last chat were like the bitch or I, I got like drug dealer a lot or like and that was not the message I wanted to put forth with my act so as soon as I started doing audiobooks and I realized it doesn't matter what I look like. I was in heaven. And I went from like the person that gets their hair blown out once a week and does their makeup and is always properly coiffed and dressed, has my nails done to, I look like a homeless person. I never <laughs> wear makeup. I like Botox. Are you kidding me? No. But now we got to put our faces on social media. Well, I mean, that's the thing too, with you guys being in audio though, you don't have to. Can I just put a picture, a headshot, and then talk behind it? You can. There are other things, too, that we, that <laughs> are, are totally possible, depending on what the subject matter that it is that you're doing. Like, for an example, if your puppies are being funny and they're having those play moments, 
just video the puppies and then do like a voiceover over it, whether it's pretending after to sound fact. like them. Yeah. But yeah. After the fact. Not while I'm in the moment because I yeah. do that. So annoying. <laughs> but you can have fun with it because we all know that our pets have a voice, right? And based on their personality and things like that in tone, so you they could totally be talking and you just yeah. providing the audio. So okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has this adorable, cute puppies, guys. That you have to go look at them. They're so adorable and cute, though. <laughs> bow, bow, nay, nay. Yeah, nice and fluffy. My little. <laughs> So they're such weird names, but they're they're it's because Shih Tzus are Chinese of origin, and Bao Bao was the first panda that was birthed in captivity. There was this big news campaign, like let's name the first panda born in captivity, and Bao Bao was one of the names. Bao Bao won, and it means precious treasure or little Aww. baby. So he got his name, and then when we adopted May, she's his little sister. And a friend of mine who speaks Mandarin said, "Oh, you should name her May May because it means little sister." So I was like, oh, that's perfect. So we have Bao Bao and May May, which is great until you go to the groomer or the vet, and they're like, "What are your dogs' names?" And you're like, "Bao Bao and May May." They're like, "What? How do you spell that?" B A O B A. It's always an awkward conversation. Bao Bao and I'm I <laughs> just named dog Ron or Charlie. That's my advice. No, I mean, I have I have Nico, which is N-I-K-K-O, um, Atticus, Asheron. Oh, so even but even like Snickers, people are like, you mean sneakers? Like, no, like Snickers, like the candy bar, because her coloring is that of when you bite into a Snickers bar. So they're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's one of my kitty cats. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So when you're not doing voiceover for your puppies on social media. <laughs> <laughs> but what what else do I do with my time? I teach the dance classes, which um, are still going strong every Wednesday and Saturday. And in fact, a couple narrators just popped in, Kylo and Lessa. That's really exciting. So I uh, I teach Zumba classes. And then I also have my little clay hobby that I'm turning into a business. I have my Etsy site. I just have to get it going. Nice. So that's why I make my um my my own swag. <laughs> when you it, meet me, I give you a chain of a little book with my uh, a pseudonym on it. Yeah. It's really I mean I've seen her clay work and her boxes are divine. They look like books and then you the top of it is like it's a box. And so it looks like a book you open up and then there, you know, I know that you said that you put some like messages in it of, a, of kind of like an, like an affirmation, but it's also your swag is the same concept. And then as that red curl, I'm like, that is so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. I ordered my first t-shirt. So I want to say Terry Schnaubelt. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I was at APAC talking about going to Readers Take Denver and how I was going to have my straight, my hair straightened because my pseudonym has straight hair. And she's like, oh. You need to make that into a t-shirt. It's ordered. It's arriving in a couple of days. <laughs> nice. We'll have to post it online so we can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I post it online with like a headshot um, photoshopped <laughs> over my face. No. <laughs> no, we just have just the design of it. It's fine. I think the other side that you had at the event was lip balm. And girl, yes. that peppermint one is fantastic. <laughs> I found this guy on Etsy and I have to say he was amazing. I'm happy to share his info. I, I don't have it. In, I do have it. In, I do. 
Venus Complete is what it's called, venuscomplete.com. And he was like, went back and forth with me on the design many, many times free of charge. And then the chapsticks were very affordable. So I was nervous. Like, are these going to be good? And I mean, ask Marcio Catalano because he's been <laughs> advertising left and right. Ah, Marcio. I know if you saw the video, it was a little risque for my taste. <laughs> he's hysterical. He's hysterical. So thank you for introducing me to him. <laughs> yeah, no, he and is. the other Troy. Everybody who was at Readers Take Denver was so nice. Yeah, that was a good group of narrators. Yeah, they're a great group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But seriously, like, like I have that lip balm on my in my bag. That is my grab and go when I leave the house because that actually does happen every once it. in a while. I love it. Okay, yeah. cool. It's I a good good quality too. That. It's good quality too because that, that's the other thing too. Sometimes I struggle as I'm sure you as well with as narrators because we're constantly talking um, dry, yeah. dry lips and sometimes yep. finding that lip balm or, you know, chapstick that is going to feel good but also not too heavy or not too cakey and that it lasts is always like a combination of you know hit or misses so i mean in denver um it was it was so dry and i did not realize that you know that it was that dry i mean i knew from previous trips but it like this was must have been the worst for me and i didn't bring any lipstick or i mean light bombs and chapstick so when you got your swag and i'm like thank god (laughs) oh I'm so happy. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Um, but that's why I'm so impressed because the design, the del- it was super fast, it was super affordable, and it's quality. So like, I gotta, I'm gonna blast him for because I was very impressed too. I'm happy, and now I have a ton left to distribute at Romanticon in nice. July. July is my next uh, in-person conference. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's in Connecticut, right? Where is that from? Yes, which yes. is 20 minutes from where my mom lives. So it's oh, perfect. nice. That is nice. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's yes, a- very convenient. Is convenient for me because I am not a traveler, and uh, I felt badly by the time I got to Denver after New York, I was so spent. I didn't make it to any of the parties, and I really wanted to dance with Geneva Rose. <laughs> Yeah, I was constantly asking, where's Gina? Where's Gina? Where's Gina? (laughs) Oh, sorry. I was in that bathtub in my hotel room trying to recover. (laughs) Okay, you were so overwhelmed by all. You have to tell. Yeah, you have to share, though, the elevator story of that hotel of yours. Okay. Okay, so it's so funny. I wish I had more things like that happening on a regular basis because then I'm happy to share it on social media. So for a lot of my followers, all 2,000 of them, um, who've been with me for years, I had an incident in an elevator before where I actually got stuck in an elevator and I pulled out my phone and I was like, okay, stuck in this elevator, but it's only three floors up. So I should be fine even if it drops. And everybody loved it, like, but it helped me because I don't, I think everyone does this right now when you get anxious or you start getting nervous. Okay. Let me check my phone. And it's this beautiful distraction or let me not feel alone. Let me check my phone and connect with other people. Right. So I'm stuck in an elevator. That was what I did. And it really helped. So when I went to Denver, I was kind of late to the game because you had invited me and I was dragging my feet. 
the the hotel, the Hyatt, was it the Hyatt was sold out. So I had to go to a different hotel that only had 2.5 stars. So I had done all this crazy research on the hotel and it had terrible reviews, terrible. I was very nervous, but I was like, okay, Marcio's going to be there. I'll be fine. So I get there. I was very early. Check-in was at three. I was able to check in at 10 a.m. Thrilled about that. The girls were so nice at the front desk. Immediately, I get a text message that said, welcome to the Magnolia Hotel. Let us know how your stay is. Let us know if you need anything. I was like, this is so cool. Do you guys have a bottle opener? And they're like, yes, would you like (laughs) us to bring it up? And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to stay at Magnolia's everywhere. So I come downstairs later and I said to the front desk, I said, I just want to let you know, I've been really grateful. You guys have been so welcoming and kind. I don't understand why the hotel has such bad reviews. And she said, oh, well, that was because of the elevators. But don't worry, they've been fixed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Elevators, so it's a historic hotel and it's like renovated. So everything is new and working, but it looks ancient. It looks really old, which I loved. It was cool. So I get in the elevator. I'm on the ninth floor, I think. And it was pretty crowded. It's like six people. And all of a sudden, it just dropped. I don't know how many floors it dropped, but it was enough for people to scream and gasp. <laughs> and I was just so overloaded from APAC, the Audis, Readers Take Denver. I was like in a zone of like, whatevs. <laughs> We're going to be fine. So I'm calm. And the girl yells, it's happening. <laughs> and from what I gathered, it seemed like it had happened to them on an elevator trip prior, but the boyfriend or the guy or her partner, whoever had talked to her and said, it's a one-time thing. It's not going to happen again, <laughs> but it evidently all the time. So she's like, I'm not going to get, I'm getting off this elevator. We're not getting the elevators anymore, blah, blah, blah. So I said, excuse me, how long did it take for the doors to ha- open last time? And she was like, let me say that again. I said, excuse me, how long did it take for the doors to open after it dropped the last time? And she was like, they opened right away. And I was like, I don't want to alarm anyone. But open. <laughs> now, I didn't want to pull my phone out because there were other people there. So we're standing there. And then finally, it went back up and opened. And everybody went running out to go take the stairs. A bunch of people went into the elevator and it shut. And I looked around at the people that were just in the dropping elevator. And I said, is it, no one's going to tell them that that's <laughs> broken? They could just, they could be plummeting to their deaths right now. And everybody was like, where's the stairs? <laughs> it was <laughs> like, no one told us. We're not going to say, say anything. <laughs> no, I don't know what was going on there, but, and then I, again, I was so wiped out and so tired that. I continued to take that elevator and just take the risk because I mentioned wow. it before. I'm quite a researcher. I had done a lot of research elevators and um, they have a special mechanism when they drop. There's like a belt that catches. Speaking of, I need to correct. On our last interview, I mm-hmm. mentioned Merriam Webster and how my best friend and she helps me with all the words. Merriam um, Webster um, started in 1831 by brothers George and Charles Merriam opened a printing and book selling operation in Springfield, Massachusetts, which they named GNC Merriam Company. There is no Merriam Webster. Mm-hmm. See, things we learned. Needed to clear that up. 
Thank you for taking that. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, she has good stories. <laughs> and that was one that she was sharing at, <laughs> at the event. And I'm like, holy moly, girl. You know, because it wasn't once, it was twice <laughs> in this one trip. You know, I have to say that, that as a storyteller in college, all my friends would gather around in the dorm every night. I would tell a Gina's a dork story. Because things were happening then. I was like always interacting with people. Now I'm just home with the dogs. I don't really have any good stories. But um, that could be something I incorporate into my storytelling and social. All the things that happened to me. Because I yeah. typically do in person. I'm very dorky. And it's I not. say things I want to take back all the time. I mean, who doesn't? But I much prefer reading from a script. Yeah, but I think a lot of you guys, to some extent, as narrators, prefer that just because it provides you with the information that you then get to perform versus having to create everything. All you have to do is create the the acting side of things because um, it's a lot of work. To yeah, create. you just get lost in the story and you don't have to worry about what comes next. It unfolds. Oh, it's beautiful. I love I love my author. Yes. What's your favorite genre to perform? So it's funny because I thought it was nonfiction. I actually love nonfiction. I just narrated a book called, um, I don't remember the exact title, how to, um, how to raise your teenager and young adult with autism. And that was just like, I love that because you're helping someone. Right. But then I, so did recently recorded a book that was so funny and it was it was dark romance so it's under a pseudonym I do not share ever it was so funny and it was so fun to read it was so quick so yeah I, I think romantic comedy is my favorite I also love thriller though but I'm just that so yeah romantic comedy is my go-to it's it's definitely one that when it's written correctly and then performed it's like spot on it's mm. so good when the timing's right. I love when I have to hit pause, like I stop my recording and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's my favorite book. You can, if you have a book with jokes that make me laugh while I'm recording, I, I'm like, if I had all the money in the world, I'd work for free. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> I, love I love sitting in a tight little square box laughing to myself. My favorite part of my job. So when we moved to this house, we noticed there was a lot of air traffic and I panicked and my sweet husband double drywalled a room for me. And then we put my booth inside the room and it's been pretty amazing. But when it's the sound floor is very, very quiet, which makes me so happy. But when I give people a tour because they want to see like nobody Nobody where I live narrates audiobooks, you know, or is a voice actor. So, oh, can I see where you do the recordings? And I bring them into this room and then I show, they're like, is this it? And I'm like, no, there's a booth in the corner. And I open the door and they're like, do you get claustrophobic? And I'm like, no, I love, it. I love it. It's my little, uh, it's like, well, there's a sound bath. What's it's the opposite. It's my quiet bath that's the thing right when people go and sit in like a sound bath yeah it's but a, there's like echoing is there echoing i thought it was pretty quiet but i don't know to look that up <laughs> go yeah. over that on our next <laughs> but i love that quiet little padded room it's just 
heaven for me. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what you think when you see me teaching a dance class. But I love the energy that you have when you're doing the, the, those classes. And it honestly looks like you're having fun. In my case, I'd probably be like, this is, oh my God, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> but, uh, but you look like you're really having fun. And that's one of the things I love about your, you know, your, when I see the videos of you doing those. I do. I love it. I love the music. The music gets me going. It's all about connecting to the music. I told, so when I was in instructing in gyms in LA, I was working at this one gym where I was not a very popular instructor. And uh, the, this, the members all wanted these male instructors. So I was talking with my manager one day and she's like, no one in management has any issue with how you teach. You're amazing. You're a fabulous teacher. But we think that maybe they're drawn towards the guys because they're more like edgy and sexy. And yours is kind of like bubblegum pop. I was so offended. But when you think about it, that's my brand. When I was at Readers Take Denver, listeners were coming up to me and they're like, do you have any dark romance? And I'm like, "Mm, I'm more like bubblegum pop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anything that's like upbeat, happy, going to make you laugh. And back to the point of teaching in my living room to a computer screen, I can see my students dancing. I can't really see them, but I can see them moving. I can see how happy they are. And that makes me ecstatic as I know what it's like to be at home and not be motivated to exercise. So yeah. knowing that I'm up and dancing makes me really happy. That's good though. I mean, it's one of those where I'm a firm believer of the body's movements. I'm a firm believer. I haven't really practiced that a whole lot lately. I have to get back to my classes. <laughs> But so hard it, when, uh, yeah, it's what it is. And I think that that's where the conversation sometimes has to be had. It isn't about laziness. It's about recognizing and seeing that it is part of your quote unquote job to take care of you and yourself. Yeah. And yeah. when it comes down to self-care, a lot of us, especially women, feel guilty And because there's so many other things that we could be doing with our time that is quote unquote productive, right? Or beneficial towards the family or income. And heaven forbid that you take what, 30 minutes to focus on yourself? Huh, dare you. I know. Yeah. Well, I will say that I've always said historically, I became an instructor because it was the only thing that forced me to go to the gym, knowing that I had a class at 10 a.m. and students would be waiting that's going to force me to be there. So it's my accountability. But lately I, um, I've been going to the gym just to work out. And the way that I get myself there is I have a good audiobook, And I know that when I go to the gym, I get to listen to my audiobook. So that's been my trick lately. Cause I don't really have time. Otherwise I do, I've been doing the thing where you listen at night and you set a sleep timer, but then I get lost and I have to rewind and I don't like that. So it's my gym treat. That's when I get to listen to, and when I do laundry or wash the dishes, I'm listening to an audio book. That's true. I try to do stuff like that too. It used to be more on my drive to work, but yeah, pandemic. Yeah, I don't have one. <laughs> pandemic. I got to take it yeah. away. But yeah. There's also moments too, when I just want to blast the music and sing at the top of my lungs and just get that, you know, like, artness out there, you know? 
So I swap in between. My commute is where I used to choreograph my dances for class and I don't have that anymore. I miss commuting. Well, that's a lie. I hate driving. But the time that was forced on me when I was in the car. Right. Yeah. And because you were being quote unquote productive because you were going to work, what you did during that time, i.e. listen to an audiobook, was okay because it's not a waste. It's not like you can be on a laptop and work while you're driving. But at least you can You're drive. absolutely right. <laughs> so. And you hit the nail on the head with like you you don't wanna it's funny and the it the theme carries through because I'm working when I'm listening to audiobooks. So it's like I'm not taking a break. It's not actually self care, but it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Find a job you love and you'll never stay in your life. That's a great quote. That is true. Still work, though. I mean, I, I love I like I like doing it. I love doing this stuff and things like that. But it's still work. But you find the joy and you find the the energy to go ahead and do it. So it's, it's great that you guys also love narrating and love the literature and the books, the acting, because it also shows in your performance. Because unfortunately, we can kind of tell when you're phoning it in and other times when you're like, mm, not my not my, my gig. And then when you're really mm-hmm. into it, you're like, oh, yeah, they did. that was a good one. <laughs> that is true. Is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you want to? Yeah, I really want to do kids books. I've always wanted to do kids books. And um, I have one and it was one of my first books ever and that was it so when it comes down to the kids books is it specifically because even they as far as middle grades also have the genres you know is it one of those where it's where they're learning something or is it one of those like bedtime stories you know you know I guess it goes back to the non-fiction thing I like the idea of teaching kids like moral values or confidence so I think that okay. for the job is being that voice that the the little ones you know t- mm-hmm. tells them it's going to be okay and things are crazy in the real world I, I have been told I have a very calming voice so I think that that but it's funny because I recently was talking with a um, big publisher about working for them and uh, he asked me what genres I like to work in and I said I do a lot of romantic comedy I just got involved in a few political books and um love nonfiction, but I've always wanted to do kids books. And he said, you don't have one sample of a kid's book on your website or your Ahab profile. And I was like, that's an excellent point. (laughs) So yeah, I've been working on that. Good. It's amazing how sometimes from a business perspective, we forget to what to include on our websites, right? I also, some of y'all forget to have a website. If you're a narrator and you're listening to this and you do not have a website, yes, I'm speaking to you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be fancy at the beginning, guys. Just put up, you know, your name and an email address that we can email you to get you cast because, you know, casting equals work, uh, which equals pay. And so we need to do that. But yeah, sometimes the the different genres that you guys narrate, we're going through your websites and we're going, okay, so romantic suspense, nonfiction. Didn't she say she likes kid stuff, but I see no samples. <laughs> so yes, that is amazing advice. And I have to interrupt right there because every time I talk to you, Vivi, you give me amazing like business tidbits. And what I always forget, and she did not pay me to do this. I I <laughs> I it's I feel like I have to share this because I don't I haven't seen it anywhere, but Viviana has this amazing service where you can hire her to help with your marketing and advertising. And I'm totally going to take you up on that because 
as a narrator and a creative, we just want to record our audiobooks. We don't think about the business side of things. Like we need a website and we maybe need an accountant or a, a you know, uh, I've been thinking about getting a virtual PA to help me organize everything. And um, that not even to mention the marketing of the audiobooks after they've, you know, been produced. So yeah, I, I didn't, and it might just be because I am not a great social media person and I don't really know, but I don't see that advertised anywhere about you. Yeah, I've been doing a really shitty job of marketing. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we're great at telling other people. Well, you know, All these the damn the, time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that out there. Yes. No, yes, thank no. you so much because it is true. Every time I talk to you, I'm like, I'm writing, I'm taking notes. Like, how did I never think of that? Well, thank yeah, you. I you appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, absolutely. Yeah, it is something that I'm working on myself. I have it as my goals to market myself from a business perspective better. I do great when I go to conferences and I do panels and I, and, when we, when I have one-on-ones, when I do consultations kind of thing, but promoting it is where I struggle because it's about me. And again, so, you know, imposter syndrome, self-doubting, all this okay. other fun stuff that happens with it. And I just uh, totally need to just listen to my own damn advice and just put myself out there. But yes, but thank you. <laughs> but you also are just, it's a walking ad, but you have to see through it because you're always as even with the podcast you're interviewing other people and getting them to open up so you're doing it but yeah it's it's so hard to turn it around and say hire me that's <laughs> I really do struggle with that yeah I'm I, great at, at events when I say oh have you heard so and so she's a great narrator I actually introduced one of my friends to to uh, a casting person that I've been trying to work with for years and years. And I said, this is, this is Christina and she works at Disney and she'd be perfect for children's books. <laughs> and then I walked away and I was like, okay, <laughs> that was great for her. <laughs> and I think it just comes from also as much as my brain sets can be goes into business mode. It's also about helping others. And that's where my strength lies in that providing service to others. And so it's never about myself. I I just, I think we all need to get better at accepting that, you know, we are our businesses. We, you know, your voice, you are your business. Just like the authors are their business. That is their brand. And that we need to just be okay with it. It's going to take a while, but we're working on it. I am working on it. So it's, it's, it's going to get better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is the first step. And I am as well. When you're not working, and I do mean by working, because that's inclusive of like the working out and the classes and stuff like that. What do you do for fun? That was an excellent question. Um, I love going to the beach. That is where I recharge and just, I love swimming in the ocean. That's my favorite. I grew up on Long Island Sound, windsurfing every day. So that's my escape. Haven't been windsurfing here yet, but I might be doing some of that. And I play with the puppies. Are you still collecting the plants? Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually just, I transferred a lot of the plants to an outdoor garden to see how they're going to do. And then it, it is the season for propagation. So I will be um, repotting indoors now as well. Good. Yeah. I do, I do love my plants. <laughs> I love them too. I just don't have that green thumb. I would have to like really dive into it as far as doing the research and the learnings. And I don't have time for that. 
But uh, I honestly I'm, don't. I just throw them all in the dirt and I I spray them with a spray bottle and it's kind of like survival of the fittest. I just don't never show. I never <laughs> show pictures of the ones that die. They just quietly disappear. Oh no! <laughs> and then I go shopping for more plants. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know that brings you joy, I, right? While they're around. <laughs> It does. It does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have those. They're called lithops. They're also known as like butt plants. And they are so weird and ugly looking. They almost look like rocks. And I say ugly, but I think they're super cool. And when they when they have a baby, they like split open and the baby comes out. I recently posted it on my social media. And it's so funny the things that people respond to. I got so many responses to that. What kind of plant is that? Where do I get one of those? <laughs> you have to live in a climate where they can survive. But it did. It brought me so much joy when that little baby came out. And all I thought was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like aliens. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to look that up because that was funny. And you also, did I hear you right by saying that it's known as butt plants? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Heard you right. Okay. Lithop, butt plant, or, or living rock. Is also living another rock. nickname. Living rock. I'm curious. They're mostly found in the desert. Mm. So they'll do great here in Florida them. during the summers. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are not surviving. Oh, you won't no. see those on my <laughs> um, No, but I, honestly, I don't have a green thumb. I, I don't. I just keep buying more. Mm. Okay. Like I said, if it brings you joy, girl, we're good. All right. As long as it brings you joy. Yeah, I agree. Yes. But the clay, the clay is my thing lately. My plant, ma- I start, so I have plant magnets that I make. I don't, I guess I haven't really posted about them. I need huh? to. Yeah, I don't think I've seen those. I've seen the other stuff. Yeah, you should. The books, the book boxes, book magnets. Oh, so my latest thing, and I'm going to put these in swag bags at the next convention I go to, is wine key charms. Oh, nice. Is that what they're called? Yes, yes, yes. Wine Charms books. So if an author has a series, say she's got four or six books or he and um, or they, and I'll put their cover on each little book. So when you have your book club, you get your wine key charm that has, the, you see what I'm saying? Am I explaining this well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, so I'm working on that right now. Those are great. Those are fun. For those that may not know what a wine charm is, Basically, like when you go to a party and you have the same glass of wine and you're trying to figure out who is whose or they just all look alike, but they're different flavors. Uh, and again, this is the deciding who's whose. Those are the charms that you put around the stem that hang now on the bottom. Yeah. And that's how you can figure out which one's yours. They have them in different places, but it's always great to find something that's themed to your own preferences. So I'm like, books perfect and yep. it, you don't have to just do it at a wine it could be any glass that you know has a stem oh yeah, oh, yeah. those are always fun yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for if you're doing a book club yeah and things so that those are always fun and great swag by the way so it works out yeah i gotta i really need to put that on tiktok and offer it to authors that have series you know well i mean at the end of the day you definitely have a side hustle there as far as creating swag for the authors that may want to do that yeah. or in partnership with the uh, the authors that you've narrated for when it comes down to going to an event, they can pitch in to provide you with some of that supplies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the best part is it's, the supplies are very inexpensive. It's just the time because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. The time it takes to 
appreciate them. Well, the other the thing too, though, when it comes down to any art form, and, and that's the same thing with narrators, you guys have a timeline that for every one hour of finished product, it could be anywhere between two to three hours of actual recording time. And and some when they're brand new narrators, it could be four or five hours of recording time for that one hour of finished product. And it gets faster, like with any skills, the more you do it. And, yeah. and that's something that I think people miss, you know, kind of don't stop to think when it comes to the artistry of things, which audiobooks are art. You know, your performance is the art form. It takes time to do it. And that's an investment as well. As people get paid per, you know, per hour at a shop or a store or at a CEO kind of a thing, we as artists also have to get paid for that work done. And it might only take you two seconds to do it, but it took you a long time to get it down to two seconds. You know what I mean? So that's something too that's it's very important very for everyone to to understand from an artist perspective. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. true. Yes. I, unfortunately, I just I can't charge like eighty dollars for a magnet. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I figure. No, the rate no. would be. I mean, I'm sure, it's, but then that's also where there's other things we can totally have that conversation offline. But I mean, there's some people that I mean, <laughs> think about it. Some of the artwork, the artworks, or the even the shoes, like that are now brand names. People will spend six hundred dollars for a pair of shoes that they're going to get dirty at this on the streets as they're walking from point A to point B, and they're fine because of the brand and the quality. So it's it's all about ensuring that what you're producing is good quality. Just like when you know, I know listeners sometimes complain about the cost of an audiobook, but there's stuff that happens behind the scenes that needs to people need to get paid for. And who you're hiring to do the work of the narration is something that has to be paid for. And everyone else behind the scenes, including the author that wrote the story. So when you're spending your money on things, this is where you have to be smart and and know what you're paying for, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And along those lines, um, you know, AI is such a big, t- scary right? I feel like my take on that is, I don't know, these authors, these writers, they're taking how long to write these books? These are their babies, right? And they put it out into the world and then they they do the audio. I think a lot of narrators are like this. I'm not just tooting my own horn. I get the book. I read the book. I immerse myself in the book. I do as much research as I possibly can to like and in the last interview, we talked about how I get in the booth and I try to like become Krista's voice, like the author, you know, I was working with Krista Sandor at the time. Like, what is her take on this? How can I bring her writing to life? And like, you're paying for that. I would think more so than just having it in a format that someone can listen to when they're driving, because it's just, that's your baby. So, I mean, I, I, I do like to think that there will be, there will always be work for everyone. And I guess AI, they talk about recording backlist books and whatnot, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's sometimes when I tell a new author, my rates, they're shocked, but that's the thing. Yeah. I'm going to sit with your book and read through it. I may sometimes read through it again right before I record, like the chapter before mm-hmm. I'm going to read through just if a lot of fast paced dialogue. I want to have it in fresh in my mind. I'm going to ask questions before I get started that I send through my list of questions to authors and sometimes I or to the publisher. And sometimes I think 
they're going to think I'm crazy. Like nobody cares about that small detail, but I do because I feel like it could make a difference to the listener's experience. So yeah, when you think about, I mean, if authors are listening to your podcast or this interview, when you're thinking about choosing a narrator or choosing between AI and a live voice, keep that in mind. This is your baby and we can, we can all work together. We can hire Vivi to, uh, market and make sure we get ROI on this investment. But um, yeah, let's, I, I just love and CJ Bloom and <laughs> Maxine were, they just kept stressing that when we were talking at the panels saying, it's just the joy of the community and coming together. And it's such a special, I just hate to think that it would be taken away by AI. But then again, you know, there's going to be a lot of things taken away by AI. So write to your governor. well no i think that when it comes down to ai i think anytime that we have something new come out whether it's a medication um a service of technology we are immediately reactive to you're going to take something away from me in my livelihood right yeah and i think that's gut reaction yeah Yeah. and and that because it's we've seen it happen before with factories where People used to build the cars and now we have machines that are building cars, for an example, or computer pieces and things like that. But there are still um, a need for the human voice to be able to bring these books to life. There will always be someone that's going to try to take the short and, you know, the shortcuts or the least expensive. But I also am a firm believer of you, you get what you pay for. And there may be some place, yeah. some individuals that do, you know, hire the AI to do the, the book and will be completely successful. But then also there's going to be something missing and listeners may not be able to pinpoint that, but others will. And the same thing with authors. I think it didn't hit the authors as hard with them. They were like, mm, I'll spend less money if I do AI until the authors realized that AI can write books as well. And um, <laughs> that actually might be the one thing where, it might be a bit better because of the fact that it's in writing there, you know, words are different than when they're spoken, then there's emotions to it. As soon as they busted out with AI can write books, they're like, no, no, they cannot. And I'm like, what's the difference, babe? And, and that's (laughs) where the conversation has to happen where we continue to educate everyone and, you know, the listeners, the authors, the production companies, the houses, I think AI has a place when it comes down to audio yeah. And we just have to make sure what that looks like and that we are protecting our own voices from being used without permission. That's where I think right now the biggest stand should be is how AI is stealing from the Internet and using things without the owner's permission. And the owner of my voice is I. And uh, and, and that's where that kind of conversations I think needs to happen within romance. I know that we all love our our. our authors and we love our narrators because there is that connection of emotion and potentially AI might get yeah. to that point because it is an evolving create you know thing now that it learns and it might be able to provide us with some of that emotion but there's always going to be that human element that is missing and just like when you can tell that something is made in a production line versus handmade there's that difference and you can tell and people will, will have to, you know, make that decision on their own. And some people may try it out and stuff like that. And that's okay. I think that, you know, in order for anybody to learn, you've got to have to give it a try, but you guys will always have work. So that's not, a concern, yeah. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I look forward to uh, to meeting. It was so nice to be able to meet some people in person. I, I really look forward to doing that again. Yeah, because you're going to be going to a Romanticon, and that's in Connecticut, you said. Any other events that yes. are coming out for the rest of the year that you're thinking about visiting and stopping by and attending? Mm, nothing yet. I can't think of the name, but big book conference in Texas, Grapevine. Grapevine. Oh, a book bonanza? Yes. Yes. I was bonanza. talking to some people about going there, but then I just thought, you know what? I just want to stay home and record. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of work coming up and I just want to focus on that. I've had a tough time in Florida because so when I used to get sick so much in Los Angeles when I was working in restaurants and teaching Zumba in person, my mom would always say, you're sick again? Weren't you sick like last week? And then we all stayed home. And what what, what was it called? Safer in place. What was what was that? Like oh. the, the tagline that everybody was saying? Just... Hunker. I, was, I just called I it hunkering it. down. I just called it hunkering down. <laughs> yeah. Well, sick for three years, which meant I could work all the time. Mm-hmm. So now when I go out in public, so this is not, not talking about conferences because I've done that and I will do it again when and if I need to, but just living in Florida, COVID didn't really exist here. And everyone thinks that I don't want to eat. I still don't like eating in restaurants or going to, you know, like movie theaters because I feel like it puts my, if I get a cough, it doesn't even matter if it's COVID or not. It puts me at risk of if I have a deadline, I'm not going to, I can't do that, which maybe is a little crazy, obsessive way to live, but it's interesting how some friends totally get it. And then some don't, especially in Florida. Yeah. (laughs) uh, yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm scared of allergies. Like I'm just going to stay home and record my books, go to the beach, go on walks. Like my life is so perfectly happy and I, I love it. But I, I didn't realize how much I missed meeting new people. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that I'll risk, I'll risk the health for. Yeah, well, you got to be calculating with your risk, I think, is what the best yeah. thing. When you have a, um, when your work is inclusive of the voice and things like that, you have to take care of it. Just like if you were with your hands, you can't all of a sudden, you know, play with a sledgehammer and knock something into it kind of a thing. You got to be careful. There are a couple of other events that are local to Florida that you may want to consider. I'll let you know about those in, uh, after we hang up officially from the episode, because that's the other thing too. A lot of times people, the readers are drawn to these bigger name events because of some of the, the, the people that are attending. And also because again, the, the popularity of them. But the reality too is yeah. that in each state, there's always smaller conferences where you can find the best authors that just have not, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to say that. peaked, but I, I, they just haven't gotten to that point yet where everyone is talking about them. And and sometimes that might be a good thing because I know sometimes it's yeah. because they're popular doesn't mean that they're good. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love that. I would love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if it's a smaller event, I won't feel as overwhelmed. Yeah. No, there, yeah, there's a couple of smaller ones. Um, and they're always fun and stuff like that. Again, because you get to meet readers and listeners and just people with other liked minds that like the same things you do. So it's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love cool. that. So did you do your homework regarding the two truths and a lie? Um, yeah. Okay. So we can do that. If you're ready, you're going to tell us the three things about you and we're going to figure out which one's the lie. So I gave away one while I was, um, well, let's see if I was well, paying attention, which, you know, I am, but just in case <laughs> I was 
give me this. Which of these have I not owned? A surfboard, a skateboard, a windsurfer. Right, a windsurfer, skateboard, and what was the third one? A surfboard. Surfboard. Uh, you have not owned a skateboard. No, I still own one. Nice. <laughs> the only one I still have. I never owned a surfboard, but I did surf a lot one summer. I was thinking um, about that. That was amazing. It was, uh, what was it called? Old Man's, like down near Long Long, Long Beach. I want to say Long Boat because Long Beach. Yeah. In California. Amazing. Like invigorating the best workout ever because if you stop swimming you're going to die i'm a big like <laughs> too hard then i stop but when you're surfing like uh <laughs> the waves are going to take you out if you don't keep powering through yeah. so yeah surfing was amazing but it's very dangerous so as i got old i decided i needed to stop i still have a skateboard and i still ride it sometimes but you know, I'm I'm aging and my neighbors are like, but who is this crazy old lady riding a skateboard? Hey, no um, such thing as aging when it comes down to doing stuff that you love, so long as you're still safe. I could break a wrist. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I grew up windsurfing, so I always had windsurfers, but I've never actually owned a surfboard. Okay. Yeah, that's I, honestly, I was thinking about that one because you can rent them out is what I was thinking. I'm like, mm, I should have gone with my gut again. But it was a good thing there. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? I actually have two books coming up. Both are amazing. Both require some accent work, which isn't my favorite, but um, they're pseudonyms. So, and I can't talk about their pseudonym work. And I can't talk about them at the moment. And then I've got so many auditions out right now that I'm kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing okay. in the next. I mean, the, there's a couple that there's one, well, you know, I love the nonfiction books and yeah. there's one about finding your soul's mission, but I'm really hoping I book. So some of the good vibes on that one. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. That's why, you know, you have the website where you can update us on what's coming up next once you have that information <laughs> and, uh, and on social media too. So I think that's part of the reason I don't share as much on my social media is a lot of my current work is through publishers and it's not public yet. So yeah. I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I guess I have talked about things in the past. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of times when that happens, there's different ways to kind of not get around it, but just let us letting the, the, your followers know that there's stuff that's coming up that you just can't tell us, which makes us curious to see what it, that would be. And then we're just keeping closer tabs on you. as to when you're going to share and all that fun stuff but yeah i mean it's it's right. always great to and i mean basically there's ways for us to find out once you can tell so it's one of those where we'll wait until you can tell us what's coming up next no worries <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> well thank you again for being part of this year's audiobook loving series always great to talk to you you are so welcome i love it thank you and everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. I'm going to be including all of her social media links. So you guys don't have to go hunting for it. So you make sure to follow her. And you can find that information over at the Audiobook Lovin' series page at VivianaEnchantersOfBooks.com. Until next time, happy listening.
A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.